Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. All right, we're going to get started. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Oh, it's great to see everybody. All right, I want to welcome everybody to the Way Church Service. I'd like to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word, amen? First and foremost, I'd like to thank the biggest celebrity tonight, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us. By going to the cross, becoming obedient unto death, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins, so we could have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet earth. For all who believe in the one and only Son of God, amen? We gather here to learn about our Creator, and find our purpose here, and use it to glorify God, and to serve Jesus our Lord and Savior, and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a goal, and that is to grow spiritually, each and every one of us, and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives, and we use it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, and treat others. Thank you, Jesus. Each part of His body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the Way Church Service. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish His will for our lives. Amen? All right, if you have a cell phone, please silence it. And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father and Savior, thank you, Lord, for allowing us this awesome opportunity, Lord, to gather together as your family to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and place your name above all names, Lord, even our own, as you fight for first place in our lives, Lord. Thank you for giving us another year, Lord, another season. I pray, Lord, that it's prosperous and blessing, Lord, us as we grow spiritually, Lord, and start to handle life your way, not ours, Lord, as we grow in your grace and knowledge. Thank you for each and every one of us, Lord, as we need each and each one of us as one body in many parts, Lord. Let us always honor each other and build each other up, Lord, and never to tear each other down. And help us, Lord, to become more and more like you in every situation in our lives as you change us, as we read your word, as it transforms and renews our mind, Lord into your image, Father. I pray for the people that are sick, who can't be here, that they have the opportunity to listen to what the Spirit is trying to say to the church tonight, through the phone lines and through the live feed that we have. We're just so grateful that we can reach beyond these four walls, Lord, and reach other people, thanks to you, Lord, and your gracious gift, Lord. And as always, Lord, let everything we do tonight be led by your Spirit, and not our flesh, and it's Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to stand.
and worship the Lord, sing a song, and get started.
Amen. You have done great things. Amen. And he's going to do even greater things this year. I know it. Amen. He's always advancing us and always moving forward. How's everybody doing tonight? It's really, really awesome to see everybody tonight, right? Starting off the new year, right? I'd like to congratulate all of you that read through the Bible with me. That's an awesome, awesome, awesome accomplishment. And now what do we do? We get a chance to read it all over again. And those of you who haven't jumped on board with us, I challenge you to. Get on it. Get on it. Get on it and participate. If you can't. You know, if you have your own study of the Bible, that's good. But jump on it as a team with our ministry. It's awesome. Amen. Right? I even read it for you. Amen. Make it easy for you. All right? Just so you can get that relationship with the Lord. It's awesome. And build each other up. Get on the same page with everybody. It's really, really awesome. I'm really grateful to be here tonight. I hope you are as we start off a new year. And, uh prosperous year hopefully it's been a challenging year um, with this stuff going on but i'll tell you what our ministry persevered through it all that's right amen when doors never closed amen thank you jesus amen and for all the faithful people that kept it going amen and it's going to continue to flourish and honor god amen glory to the father amen all right we've got a beautiful scripture up there on the board we're going to start off tonight john chapter 17. Mary started us in verse 22, but I just can't start there. It's just too. We're going to go in verse 12. The Lord Jesus is going to be making a departure. We go home to be with the Father. He says a few things here. It's going to tie in with our message tonight, as always. It always does. Jesus is talking here to his apostles and to everybody. Verse 12, everybody there? All right, we'll give everybody a chance to get there, get settled in. Just remember, put all your cares aside now. The Holy Spirit is going to take over. We'll get a great message tonight, amen? Amen. Put all your cares aside. Verse 12, Jesus. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Verse 13, now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them. Because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Right? Jesus is praying for everybody, to his Father. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Right? Teach them your word, which is truth. See it? Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, listen to this, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So he's praying for all of us, amen? Amen. I pray that they will be one, Just as you and I are one. 
as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may have one, so they may be one as we are one. See it? That's the unity of the body. We're all connected as one. May they experience, listen to this one, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. What's the problem in the churches today? Disunity. That's the problem. That's why the world can't see Jesus. But not this ministry. This ministry, each and every one of us are in unity. Amen? Amen. And that's what's going to build a strong church. Okay? Amen. Listen to what it says. As I am that may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, look at verse 24. I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Do you realize the Lord Jesus knew you before the world began and he loved you before the world began? Amen? Amen. He knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. Mm -hmm. Look what it says in verse 25. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Amen? Amen. Oh, Jesus, he's with us. Amen? Whenever two or more are gathered in his name, Jesus is in the house tonight. Amen? Amen. He's the most important person. And you know what shows the world that we belong to Jesus? It's called love and unity in the spirit. You see, when you come to church in the flesh, we'll always find problems with each other. But when you come to the church in the spirit, we all are united into one spirit. We all have the same spirit in us, which is the Holy Spirit. So there should be no disagreement about that. The truth of God's word, we all believe that, right? We all believe that Jesus is our Savior, and that's what unifies us. Not our flesh. Our flesh will always divide the body. But the spirit will always keep it in unity. Amen? Amen. That's why it's so important to stay in the spirit, not in the flesh. And you know when you're in the flesh. You know when you're in the flesh? When you start to see problems with people in church. Instead of seeing the spirit. Listen. Jesus looks past the fault and sees the need. All of us need a savior. All of us are broken. None of us are perfect. This is a hospital for sick people. That are healing through Jesus Christ. Amen. And we have to give people liberty and room to grow. Amen. Amen. And we're going to do that here, aren't we? Yes, we That's right. How about a big amen for that? Amen. All right. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is why Jesus said, you have to die to your flesh. If you want people to see me. Because your flesh will always find problems. Our flesh finds problems with everything, even things that are good. The flesh finds fault with people. The flesh finds fault with everything. See, the spirit sees the good in things. The flesh sees what's wrong with everything. 
Amen? The flesh sees the glass half empty. The spirit sees the glass half full. Amen? Amen. And we're all moving towards one goal. To become like Jesus. Amen? Amen? And all of us are in a different place. And as this new year comes, we should be able to, what? Understand that and grow. Amen? Okay. We've got a, a, a message tonight. And you know what we're going to talk about, right? We're going to talk about resolutions. We're going to have a message on, on resolutions. Okay? How many of us? All right, the January's coming. Time to get moving here. I'm going to get better. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to go to the gym more. Right? Everybody starts these, this journey, right? All right. I'm going to do things differently that time. So I'm going to say God's solution to our resolutions, okay, from a spiritual perspective, okay? If you want to be successful for all your resolutions, it has to be done with a spiritual perspective, Amen. In the flesh will always fail. Well, last two or three days, all of a sudden you skip a day in the gym and you start eating unhealthy all over again. So we try to do it in the flesh. And that's called self-help. See, when we have a Savior, we ask Him for help. See, when we get the help from Him, we can accomplish all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's always that fight that we try to do it ourselves. Can I get an amen for that? All right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this or that differently this new year. And I mean it this time. Who hasn't set off with great intentions on January 1st? By the end of the first month, however, things often seem to have settled back into the status quo mode. Right? So, there, so is there a solution to this? A resolution riddle in this new year's quandary? Actually, yes. And believe it or not, the solution is found in the Bible. <laughs> so, guess what? Now's the opportunity. The Daily Walk Bible, right? You want a solution? You want to be successful in things? And the physical? You've got to get right in the spiritual first. And then the physical will always be successful. Amen? When it's done with the right motivation, right? Through the Spirit of God. So jump on board with the Daily Walk and you will accomplish things that you never thought possible before. Amen? Alright. Believe it or not, okay? When we approach this issue from a spiritual perspective now, listen to me, we begin to see things in a new light. And it is extremely liberating and empowering. First of all, you will need to acknowledge that self has often got the best of you. And it seems like more you try to control yourself, the more self pushes in the opposite direction. So what's going on here? Is there any hope of gaining true self-control? Or am I simply destined to be dragged around by myself for the rest of my life? Every January, millions of people begin their new year with their New Year's resolutions. Losing weight, getting organized, exercising more eating healthier, and managing finances better are some of the most common resolutions. Can I get a big amen for that? Amen. Now you tell me, does anything sound spiritual in them resolutions? No. You're Christians. Look at the resolutions you're trying to make. You're trying to make resolutions that the world's trying to make. Right? It doesn't work that way in Christianity. But what about making spiritual New Year's resolutions? The Bible tells us, seek the kingdom above all else, and all these things will be added unto you. You see? We've got to get the right perspective. 
We've got to start seeking the right things for us, and then everything else will fall into place, as the Bible tells us. Amen? 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's start there tonight. As we struggle to get accomplish these things. How many of us try to accomplish these things and never really get around to doing it? And succeeding in it, right? You might succeed in a couple of things here and there. But then it starts getting like mundane and boring. And then you just fall back into your old self again. That's because we're, not, we're trying to do something that only God can do. Look at 1 Timothy verse 4. <coughs> Chapter, uh, verse, um, chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. All right, is everybody, everybody paying attention now? Mm -hmm. Good. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Wow, that means something I have to train to be godly? Yes. Like, you, haven't you not noticed that we, we don't have to be trained to do ungodly things? That we have to be trained to do godly things or train yourself to be spiritual, which is godliness. Physical training is good. Now, People go on both sides of this. They go physical, and they forget the godly. Then they say, I'm going to the godly and forgetting the physical. We need both, okay? Physical training is good, okay? The Bible says it's good. We need to maintain this body that he gives us. But training for godliness is much better. Why? Promising benefits in this life. See, when you go to the gym, yeah, it promises benefits in this life, but not the life to come. When you train for godliness, it provides benefits in this life and the life to come. Amen? It prepares us for the life that we're going to be becoming. So, that's what it says. Alright, so we make commitments and tell our friends and family on January 1st, only to give it all up by January 3rd. <laughs> but as humans, our struggle for consistency goes way beyond resolutions. Making commitments we can't keep runs all through society. Back, in, back to biblical times. In the Bible, James spoke of some people who can teach us a valuable lesson about great intentions that aren't aligned with God's will. Go to James chapter 4. I can tell everybody's paying attention. It's quiet. People are attentive. Good. Let's keep like that all the way to December, okay? Let's stay that way. <laughs> In James chapter 4, verse 13, he warns us about self-confidence. Look what he says here. In verse 13. Look here. You who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We will do business there and make a profit. Look at verse 14. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. 
Look at verse 15. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do that, this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Just imagine when you say, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to get up, I'm going on vacation, going to do all my things. It says in the Bible that plans without saying, without God willing is evil. So how many of us do that still? Right? The Bible says it's evil. It says all such boasting is evil. You're boasting about your own plans. You're saying, I'm doing my will tomorrow. Otherwise, look what it said. If the Lord wants us, we will live this and do that. So now it's like, like you say, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Yes. You might not see me tomorrow. Yes. You might not make it to that destination, that vacation. You might not make it in, in that profit you're looking for. It might not ever go there. The Bible says what you ought to be saying is, if the Lord wills, we'll be successful. Other than that, you're saying you're making your own plans. And it says, remember, look at verse 17. I love this. It is sin. To know what you ought to do and then not do it. Wow. So you just got enlightened right now, right here. Everything that you say, that your plans should be Lord willing. Other than that, you, ought to know, you know you ought to say it, right? Now, if you don't say it, it's sin. So now you understand, wow, I, I got a fearful responsibility to the Lord when I make my plans for this weekend or tomorrow. Lord willing. And if it doesn't happen, it's because it wasn't his will. Instead of getting mad and angry about it. Because when Jesus said, your will be done, it was like go on the cross and die. He didn't want that. He said, Father, if anything, take this cup of suffering from me. But my, my will, your will be done. Amen? Amen? So we have to understand. It is, remember, just remember now verse 17, I'm telling you. It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. You know, when people say, well, I'm not a sinner like that person. Well, if you're making your own plans, doing your own thing, the, the Bible tells you if you're not using the Lord willing in it, it's sin. Wow. It's pretty powerful, ain't it? So we know that we need to make some, some conscious changes, right? That's a resolution to that. Now, we got better resolutions coming up, okay? Our plans may or not may not be God's plans. If we want to be successful with any New Year's resolution, we must seek God's will. By his strength, we might lose weight, eat better, or become better stewards of our finances. What does God want for our lives? When he convicts, he also equips us to follow through with the plan. When we know we are following God's plan, then we have more strength to stick to it. Allowing him to work well beyond our normal January 3rd quitting date. <laughs> All right, you with me so far? All right. Let's go to James chapter 5. Here's the thing. We have to be patient. We're very impatient with God's will and God's plans. And we try to get in the way of his plans and his will. And we often make a mistake and make messes with our choices. Because we don't wait for his plan or his will be done. Anything you do hastily without consulting God is usually not from God. Because if you read your Bible, he sets up circumstances and situations over time for us. Yes. 
If the Lord wills, I'll have a better place to live. If the Lord wills, I'll have a better car. If the Lord wills, I'll get a better job. Amen? Always go to the Lord first. If you want anything to be successful. Because He knows the beginning to the end. See, we jump into things. We don't know what the outcome's going to be. He already knows. That's why He says, don't make a move without talking to me. It's going to be your consequence. All right, look what it says in verse 7 of James 5. Is everybody with me so far? Atta boy. Atta girl. Pay attention. That's a good resolution. I'm going to pay more attention in church now. And I'm actually going to do what I'm saying I'm going to do. Verse 7. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Or be patient as you wait for the Lord to come through. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains and in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. So he's saying, don't grumble about each other. Boy, there's something that we could knock off right off the top. Stop grumbling about each other. Right? Can I get an amen for that? Or stop grumbling about God. Look what it says. <laughs> the, look, the judge, look at verse 10. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets. Now, if you haven't read the Bible, you can't use the prophets as an example. You can't understand what they're saying about the prophets. But you who read the Delhi Walk know what the prophets went through. Amen? So that's why it's so important that you read it. Who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job. Now, if you haven't read the Bible, you're not going to know about Job. A man of great endurance. How, does he, how do you know he's got great endurance? Read, read Job. You'll see the great endurance he endured. <laughs> but if you don't read it, you say, I don't really understand what kind of endurance did he have. Read the book and then you'll see the kind of endurance they're talking about. A man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. Well, if you never read Job, you'll never see if the Lord was kind to him. That's why it's important to read the Bible. Can I get an amen? amen. Who was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Now the story of Job, you know what? They took everything from him. His family, his livelihood, his health. Right? And he still didn't curse God and die, but they didn't take his wife for some reason. <laughs> and she's the first one that said, you're still going to honor God? Why don't you curse God and die? That's what she told him to do. That's how mad she was over what happened. But don't go judging her. Look what happened. Just imagine if that happened to your family or your livelihood, where you'd be, right? But no, God kept it there. What, what? For Job, right? But when, that, when it was all said and done, Job got what? Doubly blessed a later. But if you never read the story or the account, you never really understood how God works. Sometimes he takes everything off us. And then he what? Restores us the double part of it. So you don't know how he's going to work. If you, know, if you read your Bible, then you understand. If something's taken from you, well, my, God's got something better for me. Not because I don't want, he doesn't want me to have it, because he's got something better for me. Because I know God's character, because I read the Bible. 
And you won't doubt God anymore. You get it? That's why it's so important. I can't stress it enough that each and every Christian should read the Bible from cover to cover. And please do it. I'm giving you the opportunity to do it. Get on the website. Get on the podcast. And join us on the journey. Amen? Please. One body, many parts. We're all part of the same team here. Look what it says. The farmer, listen now. The farmer waits patiently for the Lord to bring the growth, right? But it doesn't mean he sits on his porch doing nothing. The farmer works hard, right? The farmer works hard work watering, weeding, repairing the equipment, and completing all of the daily chores. When a farmer does what a farmer is supposed to do, God is able to do the things that only he can do, like bring the harvest. You see how it works together? There's Christians that go on one side. Well, you know, I want to give this up, and I'm just going to wait on the Lord and pray about it. No, he's going to say, no, you have to fight back. You have to do some things to maintain what I'm giving you. Everybody gets over, overbalanced on these, on these subjects. There's Christians that say, I'm waiting on the Lord to deliver me. What are you waiting for? He already did. Okay. The farmers, but God is able. Would the Lord, would the Lord be honored if our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit, were in better shape? Yes, He would be honored, right? The, our body is the temple of the Lord. Would He be blessed if our financial affairs were in order? Yes. Is it possible that He would use us mightily if we serve in a ministry or shared our faith? The answer to each of these questions is the same. Certainly the Lord can be in these things. However, committing to lose weight does not mean sitting on the couch with a bag of chips, watching the biggest loser. Like the farmer, we must do what we need to do so that God can do only what he can do to produce the results in our lives. But why is that we only make resolutions about weight, exercise, and money? Why is that? Do you want the answer? Good, I got you in suspense now, right? Listen, God would be honored if we made spiritual resolutions. Think about it. Spiritual resolutions. Read the Bible. Get involved in ministry at church. Share our faith with friends. Make a step of faith that is so big that only God can make it happen. Resolve to represent Him no matter what the cost. See? Those are the resolutions you need to make. Go to Hebrews 13. But you don't hear much about those resolutions. But we're spiritual people, right? Hebrews 13, verse 12. And I'm not to say that only you're guilty of it. So am I. All right? We all make resolutions like that. I'm joining Planet Fitness as soon as January 1st comes. $19 down, $10. How are you going to beat that, right? And then... The, the, the year goes by, right? And you went there three times and paid them like 300 Because they keep taking the money out of the checking account. They're smart. They go right to your routing number so you can't cancel the card, nothing. 
No, the only thing that you cancel is you going. The money still has to get, they still take the money. <laughs> and they make it hard to quit. <laughs> they already know. See? They already know. Look at verse 12. So also, everybody there, Hebrews 13, verse 12, also suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. There's a good resolution right there. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are sacrifices that please God. Look at verse 17. I like this one. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Amen? God gives the church spiritual authority to watch over the people in the church. And when spiritual authority speaks, the people that they're speaking to should what? Obey and listen to it because they're accountable to God. When you disobey and not listen to what they're saying, not only are you being disobedient to me, you're being disobedient to God who called me to do it for you. That's the way it goes. Spiritual authority is to be well respected in the church. Amen? And honored. All right, go to 1 Peter 4. Everybody with me so far? Yes. All right. Think about the resolutions you made and look at the resolutions I'm, that the Bible's telling us to make. They're not lining up, are they? Well, maybe they are for some of you that are growing spiritually to get to know God better, to get through the daily walk again more, and to get a better understanding of His will for your life. Amen? Some of you. Some of you are on that journey, though. Look, this is, the, this is the beauty of God's grace and mercy. Each one of us is on an individual journey, right? No one of us should try to force anybody else what we're doing for them. God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who does it, amen? All we do is make the suggestion, and if they do it or not, they do it. If not, we don't, we don't judge them for not doing it. That's the Holy Spirit's work. He's the one that convicts them not to do it or not. I'm just joyful that we have the opportunity to do it for everybody, amen? And I want, because I love you, I want to see everybody get it. That's why we offer it. No judgment here, just love. Look at verse 16. 1 Peter 4, verse 16. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Any of you suffering? There's no shame for that. Praise God for the privilege. Do you praise God for the privilege of being called by His name? Because it says the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. Believe me, before He judged the unbelieving world, He judges the people in the church first to see where you are at. And if judgment, look what it says, and if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? Oh boy, that's Proverbs 11.31. Now look at verse 19. 
Hear me now. So if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. See it? And trust your lives to the God who created you. For he will never fail you. Amen? You see it? So, is anybody in a suffering state? Look, don't run away from the suffering. God has got you there for a purpose. It says it right here. If you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, not you, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you. For he will never fail you. A lot of us don't like it. We don't like the situation God has us in. And we squirm our way out of it when God says, no, I want you there. And if you have to suffer there, you suffer there. For my name's sake. To bring glory to my name. Not to shame it. Amen? These are the resolutions. I'm going to stick around. Look, I'm going to seek God in all I do. Before I make a decision when I get up in the morning, God, your will be done, not mine. Those are resolutions we need to make as Christians. Alright, the best resolution. Here are a few possible resolutions we might consider. Okay? Alright. Seek God's face. And pray David's prayer every morning for the next year. Okay? Go to Psalm 51 verse 10. Highlight this. You want a, you want a challenge? Right here. Psalm 51, 10 to 12. Seek God's face and pray David's prayer every morning for the next year. Not for the next day, for the next year. Amen. Listen to it. Give everybody a minute to get there and everybody a minute to highlight it. I'm giving you some suggestions that could be very beneficial to your spiritual walk. Look at Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit or the spirit of holiness from me. Look at verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Listen to this now. And make me willing to obey you. You see it? Make me willing. See? Make me willing. That's an awesome prayer right there. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. Look at verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, because we know that our heart is not clean. Right? Oh God, renew a loyal spirit within me. You know when we first got found God, how loyal we were to him? He's saying what? Renew that loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. What banishes us from his presence? When we start going off on our own in our sinful life, we don't sense his presence anymore. And don't take your Holy Spirit or your spirit of holiness from me. Well, no, God will never take his Holy Spirit away from you. Okay? What he's saying here, What we, we could use this in a spiritual application. Don't hide your spirit from me. You get it? Because God will never leave us. This is in Psalms, when the Holy Spirit could be lost. Okay? And look what it says. Restore to me the joy of your... Remember when we first found the Lord? Do you remember them days, how wonderful, when you first found Him? You were walking on a cloud when you found truth. Right? It says right here, Restore to me the joy of that salvation. As what life goes on and He starts challenging us, we lose that joy. 
If you pray this every morning for a year, let me tell you something. It'll change your life and change your perspective. And look what it says. And make me willing to obey you. What is it? It's something an act of our will. Does God ever... Look, God's will and our will are two different wills. And he never forces his will on us. He's saying right here, and make me willing. Because we're stubborn. We like our will. Make me willing to obey you. Not me. Not the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Make me willing to obey the spirit and not my flesh. What a prayer every morning, right? Because what? As soon as you get in your car, the flesh is willing. The flesh is back on it, right? But if you read these things, it can keep you in the right state of mind. Right? Let's resolve to give our attitudes to the Lord, commit to making a difference at home, in the workplace, the marketplace, on the roads, and even at church. You can make this passage your resolution. Go to Colossians 3, chapter 12. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Believe me, you get this stuff down, everything out will follow. Look at uh, Colossians 3, verse 12. Pages are turning. Beautiful. Look at verse 12 of Colossians 3. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Look at verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Boy, wouldn't that be great if you read that every morning? That would put you in the right state of mind. But do we do these things? No, no. We pray for what? A better day at work, a better this and a better that, and a better outward stuff, right? It's the inward stuff that has to change first and the outward will follow. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay. Thomas Fuller, right, a well-known preacher from England, understood how to be successful in our resolve. Okay, in the mid-1600s, Fuller made this statement. Seek him and his wonderful plan for your life. The two of you will make a great team. United in your determination to fulfill your destiny. A strong will, a settled purpose, and invincible determination can accomplish almost anything. Thomas Fuller, the two of you make a great team. What an empowering statement that was. So often we think we are forgoing our path alone. We live as though life is completely up to us. Yet if we are in Christ, we are part of a team. It's called Team Jesus. 
Here's one thing Christians don't do. They don't rely, they don't lean on each other. They don't lean on Jesus. Everything's hush hush. Everybody fights the struggles alone. Go to Romans 3.26. We're going to finish this. We're almost done. I'm going to keep you a little bit longer. These are some good principles, right? Now, let's not, not, let's not just take them home tonight and get rid of them tomorrow. Let's keep them. Do it. Say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be, I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to do this every morning. I'm going to read these scriptures and I'm going to see what they produce for the year. Don't think it's only going to work for a day. It says you're going to do it for the year. Once a day, every, for the year. Now look what it says, Romans 3, 26. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Amen. Listen. How many of us are sinners? He makes us right in his sight. Not by what we do. See, this is the problem. We think it's self that gets us through. It says, but what we believe. You see, you have to believe what the Bible is telling you for the power to actually work. See, it's unbelief that keeps this power from working in your lives. You just don't believe it. But you have to believe it, right, and actually apply it for it to have any power. Colossians 3.17. Come on, stay with me now. Two more scriptures and we'll close. This is a big one, and it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> This is, what, this is the goal of Christian maturity, right here. Colossians 3.17. This becomes the goal of every Christian that's growing. Colossians 3.17. We're called God's ambassadors. Look at verse 17. And whatever you do, whatever, or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. So whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as you represent God in the ministry. Now, is that going to happen overnight? No way. But when you read the scripture every day, and say, I'm going to represent Jesus today. And as each day goes by, as you keep doing it, you're going to represent him better and better and for longer and longer. Amen. If you get that fresh in your mind. Our mind has to get renewed. And it won't get renewed unless this becomes repetitious. Repetition is the key to retention, right? Some of us are from back in the old churches way back then when they used to recite certain creeds and everything. I can still remember them when I was this big. Because every, every time I went, they said it. I can still recite it, and so can you, right? If we went in there. I don't want to get into the religious part of it, but you know what I'm talking about. And they did that repetitiously, even when you hear commercials, right? Like about a car dealership, they put that song in there. So every time you hear it, you know it's talking about the dealership. That's what, this, is what the, this is why you need to retain the scriptures. Every day you read, whatever I do today, I have to represent the Lord Jesus, and I have to give Him thanks, whatever's going on, through Him, the God the Father. Thank, what do I say? Thank you, Jesus. Remember, I said that's what it is. Say thank you, Jesus, and everything. 
You got a little testimony down there. That little girl did it. Used it. Jasmine used it. She said, thank you, Jesus. She came up and he told me about it. I said, get out. Really? And it worked. Because it drives the devil away. The name of Jesus drives out the devil. Life is not always going to be easy, okay? Following through on simple commitments can even be difficult when bombarded by everyday affairs, okay? In addition, the attacks of the evil one will challenge us at every turn, right? We know that. Because of this, we offer this prayer on your behalf. Go to Acts of the Apostles. This is the one we're going to close. Verse 32 of Acts chapter 20. It's the last one. Take this one with you. I hope I'm getting through a little bit here. I love you guys, you know. I want to do this with you. No one can do it alone. We need each other to do this. I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to represent Jesus. Although I know I might fail, I'm going to get up tomorrow and do it again. And do it again until I do succeed. Look at verse 32 of Acts chapter 20. We're going to close here. And now, I entrust you to God and the message of His grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Amen? Last, I'm going to say it again. And now I entrust you to God. When you leave church, this is what I do. Entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up, what you just heard, right? And give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Look at you're going home to be with the Lord. He wants you to represent him. He wants you to grow. He wants you to have a little taste of that now. Don't you want that this year? To grow a little bit more? Well, say thank you to Jesus and everything and you'll grow. You have no choice. You'll have to grow. Just say thank you. That's all it takes is a simple thank you, Jesus, when things aren't going right. When things aren't going right. Just thank Him for everything. Ask Him to navigate your life. Simple, simple prayers. Never mind the outward stuff. Seek the stuff that, that we need inwardly so the outward stuff will follow. Amen? All right, we're going to stop there. Thank you for me share that with you. Happy New Year, and hopefully this will penetrate, and we'll get this. All right, we're going to close now. The girls are going to come up and sing, and we're going to close. Take some of this with you. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Till we meet again. God bless. Peace.